The scripture is from Isaiah 63, 7-9. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, and the great favor to the house of Israel, that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely, and he became their savior in all their distress. It was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Our gospel reading today is from Matthew 2, verse 13 through 23. When the Magi had departed, an angel from the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod will soon search for the child in order to kill him. Joseph got up and during the night took the child and his mother to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod died. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I have called my son out of Egypt. When Herod knew the Magi had fooled him, he grew very angry. He sent soldiers to kill all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the surrounding territory who were two years old and younger. According to the time that he had learned from the Magi, this fulfilled the words spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping and much grieving, Rachel weeping for her children, and she did not want to be comforted because they were no more. They, they were no more. After King Herod died, an angel from the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said, and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. Those who were trying to kill the child are dead. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that the Archelaus ruled over Judea in place of his father Herod, Joseph was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he went to the area of Galilee. He settled in a city called Nazareth so that this was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene.
Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my heart and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. That's some rain, isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever seen a really ugly car? I saw one. We were downtown and it was parked on the street. One of the doors was off, the fenders were held on with wire and duct tape, the tailpipe was resting on the ground, and its once vinyl roof was in tatters. What was left of the body of the car had been hand-painted so many times, my husband and I couldn't decide what the real color of the car had been when it was originally in great condition. I couldn't imagine it being able to move, but most interesting about the car was its bumper sticker. This is not an abandoned car. It moves. <laughs> we live in a world that's often as ugly as that car. Yet Christmas is a reminder that God has hung out a sign next to everything that's ugly, and it reads, no matter how ugly, this is not an abandoned world and yours is not an abandoned life. And this is why Christmas needs to be a season and not just a day, even though very few of us do celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. I happen to be very thankful for them. And yet in many ways, it seems as if Christmas is over. If you're ready to move on and get on with the new year and have Christmas behind you, you're not alone. Uh, driving around the city, I saw many Christmas trees that were already taken down to the end of the driveway. And if we follow the lectionary readings for the next few weeks, we will bounce back and forth in Matthew's Gospel. But today, the Magi have come and gone, and God has Christmas travel plans for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. If they hope to get back to normal, their dreams are dashed rather quickly. The Christmas travel that the family does is travel in a new normal. 
If they had the old normal, then Joseph would make sure that he and Mary and Jesus were counted in the census, and then they'd go back home like they had originally planned. But the funny thing about babies, and I think those of you who have had children can uh, respond to this, babies never let us go back to the way things were. All babies change our lives forever. And this baby, Jesus, is God in human flesh, and he sets a new normal for all of us. New normal also comes along when society as a whole or our personal life is hit with a seismic shift in circumstances. If you all travel by plane, you know that 9-11 created a new normal for all of, of air travel. If you've had a loved one die or have had a tragedy in your family, you know how your normal has changed. Mary and Joseph experienced the seismic shift with the birth of Jesus. God's new normal requires some Christmas travel from all of us. Matthew tells us that the Christmas travel begins physically as the Holy Family escapes from a deranged King Herod. The new normal of Jesus means joy and celebration and happiness. The new normal of Jesus also means trouble. The new normal that Jesus introduces means that anyone who trusts himself more than God, loves possessions more than people, or trusts rules more than grace, is going to go out of his way to end the travels of Christ. And this is what is behind the story of Herod sending soldiers out to kill the babies. We may prefer a different scripture today, but God's new normal tells the truth. On the one hand, we have little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes, but on the other hand, we have Rachel weeping for her children. God's new normal takes us through all the landscape of human emotion and experience. And Christmas travel takes us to the truth, and that is a little unsettling at times. Many things in scripture remind me of a dance, and today's scripture in the Old Testament and New Testament do so also. Think with me here that wherever there is light, there is darkness. It's like a dance. When the light shines, darkness is dimmed. And when darkness takes over, light is dimmed. There is incredible beauty in this world. We've just explored the season of Advent with lessons of joy as we celebrated the hymn, Joy to the World. And the beauty we experience is ushers in the joy we live with in our hearts. The beauty of what God has done and is doing in our lives and our world truly is a source of joy. And Isaiah invites us to remember the kindness of God, the compassion and the empathy of God. The ugly car is not abandoned, it runs. God is with us in every life experience we have and is as close to us as the air we breathe. And we see this in today's lessons. Isaiah is set against the story of Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus fleeing to Egypt as Herod orders the slaughter of innocent children. Today's scripture brings to us the tension between discipleship and culture 
and between life and death, the difference, the tension that exists between the choices that we make. It's like an unlikely dance between lament and a life of joy. With the reality of suffering, pain, evil, and brokenness with us on the one hand, we have the life and joy of Christ on the other hand. The joy of compassion develops and grows within us as we live in faith with Jesus Christ. Christ is the source of all compassion. A professor and psychologist, Kristen Neff, writes that compassion involves the recognition and clear seeing of suffering. It also involves feelings of kindness for people who are suffering, so that the desire to help, to lessen suffering, emerges. And finally, compassion involves recognizing our shared human condition, flawed and fragile as it is. There's truth in her statement. Compassion moves us to reach out to be with those who are suffering in whatever forms their suffering exhibit. And when we do reach out, when you reach out, doesn't joy seem to bubble up inside of you? These two realities of lament over suffering and the reality that God is always with us and we are never abandoned sometimes seem like the most mismatched of dance partners, but dance they do nevertheless in these in-between times in which we live. Beloved, it's a delicate balance held in precarious tension, and we don't need to forget or neglect either partner. This dance keeps our feet and hands moving in loving service, our hearts beating with compassion and empathy for others, and our deepest desire for our lives full of hope. Life's choreography includes awareness of both pain and compassionate joy. We don't get through life with just an either or, but we get through life and we go through life with both. Today's scripture invites us to mourn the lack of control we have over life, because in life we will experience suffering and injustices and we're called to lament them. And we're invited to cry for the children, weep for the sin that we see, and experience in God's amazing creation. And we're invited to act in compassion to address the suffering and injustices we see around us or what we might experience firsthand. And then we're invited to remember that God is with us we are not abandoned, we are not alone. So hear the good news, you Christmas travelers, in God's new normal. Wherever we go, whatever happens, we are never off of God's map. God calls us to travel in the Christmas faith all life long, and we rejoice in this. We ask, why can't every day be Christmas? One of our favorite Christmas movies that we watch every year is Scrooge and the Muppet Christmas Carol. And the questions asked in one of those movies are possibly both. Why can't every day be like Christmas? I'd sing it, but you all would run away. Uh, it seems like it would be so simple, doesn't it? If only everyone could be a little kinder, a little more tolerant. If only we worked at it a little bit harder. 
But the spirit of Christmas is not enough. We need the spirit of Christ himself. Deep down, we know that. We know that Jesus didn't come just to establish a holiday, but Jesus came to establish and create a holy people. And that's what we're called to live into. And that only happens as we allow him to take up residence in us, allowing him to begin to change the way we think and make decisions, the way we feel, and the way we act. It comes as we follow him and allow him to transform us. And this is the hope of the world. This is when compassion gets expressed. This is where all Christmas travels eventually take us. And this is God's new normal we're called to live into. So hang on to every word from the word made flesh and listen for that still small voice of God calling your name and bidding you home. For out of Egypt, God has called Jesus and Jesus truly is our hope and our salvation. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you so much that you call us to this new life of normal. We thank you for coming to us as Jesus and for showing us how to live, for opening our eyes to the world around us, and for giving us and equipping us a spirit to fight injustice, to speak up against wrong, and to reach out in love and compassion to those we see who are suffering. So Lord, be with us. And as we approach a new year and a new beginning in some ways, we pray that you keep us aware of your presence and aware of life around us so that we might live in such a compassionate and generous manner. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.